the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. Today we're going to take a look at some of the day's headlines in our first couple of segments, and then we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. Then in the second hour, we'll share this week's Christian Outlook. John and Kathy, the ride home, talk with Jim... Uh, Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family, about the challenges facing families during this extraordinary time. Kevin McCullough, my counterpart uh, elsewhere, uh, will talk with economist Stephen Moore of FreedomWorks. He'll talk about the worst inflation since 1981. And Tim Gatos from uh, The Word in Seattle will talk with Marina Hoffman about the Freedom Convoy, a massive convoy of truckers protesting Canadian vaccine mandates and much more. That's all coming up in the second hour of The Georgine Rice Show, The Christian Outlook. Well, a public hearing has been scheduled on Tuesday in the House Human Services Committee on House Bill 4079, which is a 3% sales tax to fund $750 monthly debit cards to the homeless and people under the poverty level. The sales tax would hit targeted items like electronic goods, computers, cell phones, handbags, jewelry, hunting rifles, and even clothing all over a certain undefined amount. There's discussion that the original sales tax language may be changed to only tax high-priced items like in the thousands. Um, these are also discussed, or I should say there is also discussion in the Capitol that this sales tax would be shifted from homeless and poor to just micro-targeted people like pregnant women and foster homes. Well, there are lots of problems with that. I don't have time to go into it today, but we'll definitely revisit this next week. But once again, a hearing to be held in the House Human Services Committee that would introduce a 3% sales tax here in the state of Oregon, something Oregonians have rejected time and 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 time again. Well, calling police partners and protectors during an event at the New York City uh, Police Department on Thursday, President Biden said the answer is not to defund the police, but instead to provide the tools and funding for law enforcement officials to be partners and protectors in the community. He didn't say anything about prosecuting criminals, which is one of the major issues facing New York and other large cities uh, with uh, liberal, or I should say it's beyond liberal, it's illiberal prosecutors. Syria Operation, the U.S. Special Operations Counterterrorism Mission in northwest Syria on Thursday that killed the ISIS leader Abu Ibrahim al-Hashimi al-Qurishi was long planned and on the level and scale of the U.S. operation to take out Osama bin Laden in 2011, according to senior administration officials. Well, in the case of RNC censure, members of the Republican National Committee Resolutions Committee voted unanimously Thursday in favor of a motion calling for the censure of GOP representatives Liv Cheney from Wyoming and Adam Kinzinger from Illinois for their participation in the January 6th congressional investigation panel. Well, Twitter users torched ABC and Disney following the news of Whoopi Goldberg's two-week suspension over controversial Holocaust remarks by pointing out that both Roseanne Barr and Gina Carano were fired by the media conglomerate over tweets 
uh, that they made and were deemed offensive. Well, the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympics in Beijing took place this morning. You can watch it tonight, my understanding is, even though some competitions have already started. The Olympics run through February 20th, and for those who have committed to pray, make note through February 20th. A new court ruling exposed that the um, Biden administration allowed international travel to India for political appointees while blocking travel for career officials and labor union workers, which the administration had pledged to support. And in TSA legislation, Republican Senators Rob Portman of Ohio and Ron Johnson of Wisconsin have introduced legislation to prevent the Transportation Security Administration from accepting arrest warrants as valid forms of identification a method the agency was using to identify illegal immigrants traveling by air. New York Governor Kathy Hochul signed into law a redistricting plan that dramatically shifts the state's political alignment in favor of Democrats in the state and could have a significant ripple effect in the upcoming midterm elections. Joe Concha, in opinion, points out that Jeff Zucker is out at CNN but asks, is the Facts First network giving us the whole story? Dan Gaynor says what's truly amazing is that the long line of scandals and embarrassing moments during Zucker's tenure didn't force him out earlier. David Marcus reminds there are times when New York grieves as a city, when tragic events permeate the collective consciousness of Gotham and color our daily sojourns and interactions. The terrible murders of New York Police Department officers Wilbur Mora and Jason Rivera have been just such an event. In the wake of the Olympics opening ceremony, Olympic athlete Mike Eruzian uh, reminisces, saying, In 1980, when my hockey teammates and I uh, took to the ice against the Soviet Union, we were sure of one thing. Americans were watching us and cheering us on. It doesn't sound like much, but as an Olympic competitor, it's often all you have. And of course, competitors in the Winter Olympics will not have the benefit of supporters from their own countries. In a uh, prime Hike, Amazon announced today, or rather yesterday, it would be boosting the price of its Prime membership for U.S. customers, citing rising costs. And in a jump back, the cryptocurrency arm of Jump Trading said Thursday that it had restored more than $320 million to crypto platform Wormhole after the decentralized financing site uh, was hit with one of the largest crypto heists on record. And Washington State Insurance Commissioner Mike Kreidel's, um, Kreidler's adoption this week of a rule prohibiting insurers from using credit scoring to set rates for auto, homeowner and renter insurance has already drawn a legal challenge from insurers groups. Well, former Mumford and Sons band member Winston Marshall released a lengthy essay comparing calls for action against Joe Rogan's podcast on Spotify to Soviet era censorship. Marshall released an essay on Substack with the title When Artists Become the Censors, in which he criticized artists like Neil Young, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, uh, Joni Mitchell, Nils Lofgren or Niles Lofgren and India Ari, all of whom have pulled their music off Spotify until it addresses misinformation on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. You might want to flashback. Neil Young participated in Freedom of Speech. It was a tour before advocating censorship of Joe Rogan. Young said at the time, this is back in 2008 in an interview, that people have every reason to be respected for their beliefs. In a video, Speaker Pelosi tells U.S. Olympic athletes to be nice to China. We'll tell you more about that when we return in just a moment. But we do need to take a break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. 
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our next couple of segments, James Blend will join me and we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news as well. Well, in a video, Speaker Pelosi told U.S. Olympic athletes to be nice in China. You're there to compete. Do not risk incurring the anger of the Chinese government, she said. More on the context in the Daily uh, Caller. But Congressman Gary Palmer says Speaker Pelosi called the Chinese government ruthless and warned our athletes not to risk thinking it has uh, any good intentions. So why are she and fellow Democrats touting a bill that ignores the ongoing human rights abuses, he asks, from Congressman Richard Hudson. He says Speaker Pelosi said people will do what they do when it came to protests and ripping statues down in their cities, yet won't stand up for the U.S. Olympic athletes speaking out against China. We should always have Americans back o- backs over China. China chose a Uyghur athlete to light the flame at the Winter Olympics opening ceremony and prop Propaganda in an attempt to deflect accusations of genocide. Well, the Olympics have begun as China is uh, tainted by their reputation. Uh, Representative Michael McCall from Texas said the U.S. has to ensure its athlete safety and send China a stronger message. Right now, the Chinese Communist Party poses the greatest geopolitical, economic and military threat to the United States and our allies. He said at a panel discussion hosted by the Heritage Foundation earlier this week, whether it's their death trap uh, diplomacy through the Belt and Road Initiative, their brutal oppression of Hong Kong, the looming threat they posed to Taiwan, their COVID-19 cover up that turned what could have been a local epidemic into a global pandemic, killing more than six million people worldwide or the genocide they're committing as I speak against ethnic and religious minorities. The Communist Party has committed some of the most horrific crimes of our time, he said. Well, the Texas lawmaker said the International Olympic Committee turned a blind eye to human rights abuses by allowing the games to be held in Beijing. And by the way, they made the most money they've ever made for Olympic Games this time around. Well, after a letter from the NEA, Twitter suspended an education publication that promotes school choice. The Chalkboard Review, a heterodox education publication founded in late 2020, abruptly had its Twitter account suspended on Thursday. In addition to the official account suspension, the personal uh, accounts of Samuel Bravo, who helps run the review's social media, was also suspended. Tony Kennett, the publication's co-founder and executive director, suggested in an interview with National Review that the social media company's actions could be connected to a letter Twitter received from the National Education Association, the country's largest teachers union, in October. The story also notes many of the articles in the chalkboard review are supportive of school choice and other conservative and libertarian educational principles that the site welcomes submissions from all over the ideological spectrum. South Dakota's governor signed a a bill banning men from competing in women's sports. The bill's uh, about fairness, the Republican said during a news conference Thursday after signing Senate Bill 46, which will prohibit transgender athletes from competing in girls' sports. President Biden goes back to the Trump border policy, citing Omicron as the reason illegal immigrants might actually be deported under this new Uh, or this return to the old policy. An expert warns Russia, Iran, and North Korea could attack the uh, power grid. In a new alert, Peter Vincent Pry, the executive director of EMP Task Force on the National and Homeland Security, said concerns are growing that Russia, North Korea, and Iran are inching closer to testing an electromagnetic attack on the U.S. grid or parts of it. He noted the current crisis in Ukraine could spark a Russian attack, and he cited state media making the threat in the past. 
A study from 2017 warns an EMP attack could kill 90 percent of all Americans within a year. That's because the grid would be completely uh, decimated. New York City crime surged in January. Hard to imagine the crime uh, can get any higher, but it jumped 38.5 percent in the first month of 2022. Michael Abinetti has been found guilty of bilking Stormy Daniels out of nearly $300,000 in book proceeds. The wire fraud charge carries a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison, while the aggravated identity theft charge carries a mandatory term of imprisonment of at least two years. Facebook lost users for the first time ever, and it sent the stock in a uh, tailspin. Zuckerberg blamed TikTok users who have bailed or tired of the policies there. A teacher is caught on tape calling the thin blue line flag the new Confederacy flag as he berated the son of a policeman for having the flag on his mask. Florida Governor DeSantis is suing the Biden administration for unlawful immigration policies following the administration's recent immigration policy change known as the parole and alternative to detention in which uh, aliens in the country illegally are released within the U.S. without a legal process for removal being initiated. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis cried foul and launched a lawsuit saying the Biden administration has not only consciously refused to enforce immigration law, but it has also developed an operation to secretly resettle uh, individuals into communities across Florida and the rest of the United States. And he noted they're doing this in the dark of night without any coordination with states, without any background checks and without any effort to initiate the legal process for their removal. This is now the second lawsuit DeSantis has raised against Biden's immigration policy, with the first one revolving around the reintroduction of Barack Obama's catch and release policy. U.S. Intel warns of a Russia false flag operation as tensions continue to rise between Ukraine and Russia. U.S. intelligence is warning of a Russian false flag operation as a pretext for Vladimir Putin's green lighting of an invasion. A New York Governor Hochul signed the uh, Democrats' gerrymandering uh, redistricting map on Thursday. The New York City governor, or I should say the New York governor, uh, signed on the uh, Democrats' new congressional redistricting map, which Republicans called illegally gerrymandering themselves into permanent power. In South Dakota's culture wars on Thursday, Republican Governor Kristi Noem signed a state Senate bill banning biological males from competing in girls' and women's sports. She was criticized for vetoing similar legislation last year, but she touted this bill as designed to ensure fairness in the sport. Senator Schumer falsely claimed the Supreme Court was all white men until 1981, overlooking Thurgood Marshall. Biden's $1.2 trillion infrastructure spending has been hamstrung by his own bureaucratic red tape. And Vice President Kamala Harris, speechwriter, has joined a growing list of resigning staffers. CNN, MSNBC and The New York Times, as well as The Washington Post, completely avoided the Johns Hopkins study, finding covid lockdowns ineffective. And critics say it could have happened. It couldn't rather have happened to a nicer bunch. Facebook suffers its biggest one day value drop of any U.S. company in history. Used car prices may be easing research shows and 16 Penn State swimmers say Leah Thomas, the uh, uh, male swimmer, 
who is uh, transsexual, should be barred from competition. They're speaking out. And Act Blue is still allowing BLM to solicit donations despite the charity's shutdown claim. Standing firm for now, Spotify CEO told employees Joe Rogan is necessary for achieving our bold ambitions. Meanwhile, the Obamas are considering leaving Spotify. Brad Pitt built dozens of homes in New Orleans after Katrina. Now apparently they're falling apart and residents are suing. Well, on this day in history, George Washington was elected the first president. 1789, George Washington was elected uh, to be the first president of the United States. He was then 56 years old, was unanimously elected by all 69 electoral votes, a distinction never achieved by any subsequent president. Presidential electors were chosen from each state between the 15th of December and the 10th of January, 1788. 1789. Only 10 states cast electoral votes, with New York having failed to put forth electors and North Carolina and Rhode Island having not yet ratified the Constitution. Well, as a national hero, Washington was everyone's first choice. He served as the commander in chief of the Continental Army during the American Revolution and was president of the 1787 Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia. Per Article 2 of the Constitution, electors in the Electoral College have two votes and candidates who receive the majority are elected president. Candidates in second place are elected vice president. John Adams, who had served as the first U.S. ambassador to Great Britain, became the first vice president of the United States. Washington took the presidential oath of office on the 30th of April in 1789. At Federal Hall in New York City, then the capital of the United States, and was inaugurated as the nation's first president. Washington was unanimously reelected in 1792, but refused a third term. He died December 14, 1799, at his home in Mount Vernon, Virginia. On February 4, 1783, Britain's King George III proclaimed a formal cessation of hostilities in the American Revolutionary War. 1801, John Marshall was confirmed by the Senate as Chief Justice of the United States. Night, or should say 1861, delegates from six southern states that had recently seceded from the Union in Montgomery met there in Alabama to form the Confederate States of America. In 1945, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt British Prime Minister Winston Churchill and Soviet leader Joseph Stalin began a wartime conference at Yalta. 1997, a civil jury in Santa Monica, California, found O.J. Simpson liable for the deaths of his ex-wife, Nicole Brown Simpson, and her friend, Ronald Goldman. In 2004, on this day in history, the social networking website Facebook had its beginnings as Harvard student Mark Zuckerberg launched the Facebook, as it was known at the time. Queen Elizabeth, Elizabeth Alexandra Mary Windsor, that's her name, wasn't born to wear the crown, but destiny intervened. The woman who became Queen Elizabeth II will mark 70 years on the throne on Sunday, an unprecedented reign that has made her a symbol of stability as the United Kingdom navigated an age of uncertainty. From her early days as a glamorous young royal in glittering tiaras to her more recent incarnation as the nation's grandmother, the queen has witnessed the end of the British Empire, the advent of multiculturalism, the rise of international terrorism, and the challenges posed by Brexit and the COVID-19 pandemic. In a world of relentless change, she has been a constant, representing the UK's interests abroad, applauding the nation's successes and commiserating in its failures, and always remaining above the fray. By politics, 70 years on the throne, Queen Elizabeth celebrating on Sunday. All right, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, James Blend will join me in studio and we'll take a look at some of the lighter side of the news. So stay with us.
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We've become so desperate that James Blend has actually joined me in studio. That's how bad it's gotten. That Hi, James. Pretty bad. That is pretty bad. <laughs> hey, thanks for joining me. We're like, we're going to take a look at the lighter side of the news, beginning with what I thought was such a sweet story. A Philadelphia Eagles player traded his football cleats for dancing shoes to make a Texas girl's dream come true after a tragedy in her family. We're talking about an 11-year-old. Her name's Audrey Soap. Um, she lost both her father and her grandfather last year. And when the time came for her school's daddy daughter dance, her mother reached out to her favorite NFL player, Eagles safety, Anthony Harris for help on social media. I told him about the situation. Surprisingly, he was more than willing to do it. And that's precisely what he did. Well, the little girl was nervous to meet her date, but said the NFL player broke the ice by asking her about her day and talking about football. They had a great time. He arranged for her to have her hair and makeup done, uh, made sure she had a dress that she was happy with. So he literally stood in the place of a dad, you know, seeing to all the little details. I mean, what a sweet thing for an NFL player. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing that, you know, you, you figure that today's professional athlete is why do I need to do that? I need I'm too busy making TikTok videos. I mean, you know, it, it, it's kind of uh, refreshing. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, it's, so. That's encouraging. It's one of those makes you feel, oh, yeah, maybe we're we're not totally doomed as a species. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, we are, but, you know, there's oh, okay. occasional exception. Anyway, <laughs> well, there was a cheese incident that inspired Twitter pun festers. Um, there were no injuries, but uh, among those who saw, apparently in the, you know, the refrigerated case where the cheese is on shelves, mm-hmm. it collapsed and all the cheese fell into one big heap in a grocery store and it inspired uh, you know, people who do puns uh, to come up with a number of them. Hope no injuries were incurred. C-U-R-D. Ooh. Is there debris, B-R-I-E, everywhere? One concerned citizen asked, cheese puns don't get much feta than this. Huh? Huh? Well, Twitter punsters were on the quasi Thursday night after the Philadelphia blog alerted users to the local supermarket's cheese shelf collapse. Um, onlookers raised concerns about um, loose debris and hope that there were no injuries incurred. Fortunately, they were optimistic that the store would build back cheddar eh? oh. <laughs> and uh, Swiss them the best um, in their endeavor. Eh? Eh? Oh, wow. Any way you slice it. I love it. a good pun, but these are bad. <laughs> Any way you slice it, jokesters churned out some pretty great G-R-A-T-E responses and... Um, Made for some uh, good laughs. Although I really, I mean, you know, as somebody who has given many, many puns over the years. Oh, yes. I've endured them all. Yes, you have, uh, including the pun wars with my uh, my program director, uh, which occur on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, that uh, I have to say the term good pun that I used a minute ago, to, I said and immediately realized, probably an oxymoron. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, well, a Colorado hiker was lost for 24 hours. He ignored rescuers who called him. He was carrying his phone. Rescuers called him, but the hiker didn't recognize the number, so he didn't pick up. (laughs) This is what happens when all your friends are named Scam Likely. (laughs) (laughs) He told rescue officials that they had uh, wandered off the trail and couldn't find their way back, but 
somehow didn't think picking up the phone and alerting someone to their plight, anyone, was going to be very helpful. You know, last time I was lost walking around my neighborhood, I mean, I I didn't get offered any help, but I did find out my car warranty was about to expire. So that's good. (laughs) Well, there you go. Um, Reina Huang faced off against a large rabbit uh, in a um, salad eating contest. What people will do. Humans testing their skills against animals is nothing new. Competitive eaters have regularly faced off against animals, such as um, one who entered into a hot dog eating contest with a bear. Are we really that bored? Recently, a competitive eater with a large YouTube following faced off in a salad eating competition with a giant bunny. You know, those giant bunnies are huge. Wathly wabbit. Yeah. In an event organized by Chop Stop, a chopped salad chain in California, uh, Raina faced off against a giant bunny named Honey. The animal is described as a lettuce-loving mega bunny. That's in the New York Post. It actually made the papers. During the competition, Huang was able to eat 3.5 pounds of salad in 10 minutes. Unfortunately for Honey, the event apparently spooked the animal and it didn't eat a single leaf of lettuce. When a second bunny named Precious was brought in, it also froze up and didn't eat any lettuce. So was this really a competition at all? Well, actually, what it was is it wasn't it wasn't so much the lettuce. It's that the both rabbits froze up because they realized there was kale on the salad. That's probably true. Yeah. Yeah. Or radicchio. It's a little bitter. Oh, yeah. Well, an Idaho man says he completed his goal of breaking 52 world records in a single year. David Rush of Idaho set out to break one Guinness World Record every week of 2021, which apparently he did. Uh, The challenge was simultaneously no small feat and nothing out of the ordinary for him. He's an author, a speaker, an entertainer. He describes himself on his website as one of the most prolific Guinness World Records title holders on the planet. I guess that's an accomplishment. He is the world's fastest juggler, the world's slowest juggler, and has the record for most bowling balls juggled, most consecutive acts juggling catches, and longest duration balancing a bicycle on the chain. According to his bio, which says he's broken more than 150 records since 2015. Uh, he's been promoting uh, STEM for um, more than a decade through talks with students, educators and others. He told NPR over email that his uh, record a week mission aims to inspire students who struggle with those disciplines by showing difficult things are possible. Now, some of the records that he has broken in the year 2021, the fastest time to wrap a person with wrapping paper. Okay. Fastest 100 uh, meter jog, uh, joggling with three objects whilst blindfolded. Joggling? It says joggling. It's probably supposed to be juggling. jogging. Yeah. Fastest 100 uh, meter blindfolded. Most consecutive axe juggling catches. Most passes of a beach ball in a minute. Most marshmallows caught by mouth in a minute. Most apples thrown and caught in mouth in one minute. Fastest 10 meter balancing a balloon on his face. Furthest um, distance traveled on an electric unicycle while juggling three objects. Most juggling catches while on a balance board. Most passes of a giant inflatable ball in three minutes. Well, of course he holds the records. Who's doing this <laughs> This stuff? I guess the question is, in what week did he get the uh, the record for least friends ever? <laughs> Yeah, I, I longest duration balancing a chair on the chin, uh, skipping forward most kiwis sliced on a balance board in a minute, fastest time to arrange a chess set, 
Longest duration juggling three objects whilst on a Swiss ball. Most grapes sliced in the air with a sword while standing on a Swiss ball in one minute. I mean, of course you'd hold the record. Nobody's doing this stuff. There's a reason for that. Most football or soccer arm rolls in 30 seconds. Most bars of soap stacked in one minute. And most drumsticks flipped in 30 seconds. I mean, would you want to really tell somebody <laughs> that you held these records? I mean, no, I question, what, no. does he have a job? Does he have a family? Does he have a life? Yeah, I'm just know. saying, if you meet someone and this stuff is in their social media profile, uh, I would wash your hair that night instead of the date. Just the saying. thing is, you probably won't meet him because he's off trying to... That's true. He's too busy practicing, which yeah. is why he has the least friends possible. Speaking of washing one's hair, a ball of human hair started by an Ohio salon owner before being turned over to Ripley's, believe it or not, broke a Guinness World Record when it grew to 225.13 pounds. A 225-pound ball of hair. Uh, Steve Warden, owner of the salon in Cambridge, said his son inspired him to start Haas, the hairball, using clippings from his customers. And they the ball named grew. It? Yes. It grew until it was large enough to be featured by Ripley's Believe It or Not. Again, we have dumbed down the concept of accomplishment. I mean, at least at least with the uh, you know, the uh, twine ball in Minnesota, somebody actually sat there and wound twine for 20 years. It's somewhat of an accomplishment. This is just gross. Okay, we'll call it an accomplishment of a sort. We need oh, to take on. a. You, you, you have to. You have to have visiting the twine ball on your bucket list. It's just everything. Everybody has to do that. I think it's it's a rite of passage as an American citizen. Yeah, no, we're going to take a break. I'll set him straight. So don't worry, he'll be all right. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on ninety three point nine KPDQ. We're back. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Coming up in our second hour, this week's Christian Outlook. You'll hear from Jim Daly, president of Focus on the Family. We'll talk about some of the challenges families are currently facing. Stephen Moore of FreedomWorks will talk about the worst inflation since 1981. And Marina Hoffman about the Freedom Convoy, that massive convoy of truckers protesting Canadian vaccine mandates and much more. That's the Christian Outlook coming up in the second hour of The Georgine Rice Show. Well, I had to consult... Um, uh, my friends uh, who write satire, and I just thought they came up with some pretty funny stuff this time around. So I'm just going to share it with you. By all means. All right. Supreme Court sets dangerous precedent of letting the American people make medical decisions for themselves. The SCOTUS has struck down Biden's vaccine mandate on the grounds that they are unconstitutional. Experts say this sets a dangerous precedent of letting individuals make their own medical decisions. What am I supposed to do now that I don't have private companies working with the federal government to force me to inject a foreign substance into my body, said Linda Waddlebum, a concerned mother of six cats, so dangerous and short-sighted. How will I stay healthy? I don't even recognize this America anymore. End quote. In response to the court's decision, a large group of protesters has gathered outside the Supreme Court building. Pfizer knows best what they inject. I can object. That's the chant. Uh, while ripping up copies of the Constitution, give us petty tyranny or give us death. Abolish the Supreme Court. You can't give people choices. What if they make the wrong one? One that isn't what I wanted them to do, said Waddlebum. Next thing you know, people will decide to send their kids back to school and return to work in person without masks. As publishing time, people 
Rather, at publishing time, people were dangerously continuing on with their lives, making the best medical decisions possible for themselves and their families. They were even able to make these decisions without fear of losing their livelihood. What is this country coming to? And then there's this headline. SCOTUS rules health care workers are the only people who can't make decisions about their own health. In a landmark landmark ruling, the U.S. Supreme Court has determined that Biden's vaccine mandate for private businesses is unconstitutional. However, in a split decision, they also determined that healthcare workers are the only ones who should not be allowed to make decisions about their own health. Healthcare workers have no idea what they're talking about when it comes to important healthcare decisions. They aren't smart like us, said a group of judges. That includes people like uh, Sotomayor uh, in a ruling in favor of a federal government. That includes people like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. The personal health choices of healthcare workers should be left to people more qualified like us, end quote. The decision was made based on the... Um, uh, the timeless legal principle that if the government pays for your health care, they own your body, mind, soul for all eternity. Citing this new victory, Biden administration is looking into other things that can mandate for health care workers, such as uh, sex changes, abortions and maybe some warmer stethoscopes. This is the Babylon Bee. And finally, Pfizer CEO condemns SCOTUS ruling as a clear violation of our constitutional right to produce experimental drugs and use the full power of government to force the entire population to inject them into their bodies. And then here are a few of the um, headlines. Washington commanders unveil new mascot, General Custer. (laughs) Oh, no. Biden promises to end cancer just like he shut down COVID. And now we all have cancer. Biden calls 877-CASH-NOW to solve $30 trillion national debt crisis. The Babylon Bee. Whoopi Goldberg says Order 66 wasn't about the Jedi. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg is in hot water once again after claiming the that Emperor uh, Palpatine's controversial Order 66, which instructed his clone troopers to murder all the Jedi in the galaxy, wasn't about the Jedi. Goldberg made the comments on a recent episode of The View and was quickly suspended by ABC. Huh? Uh, it makes sense. She wouldn't know anything about Star Wars. She's a Star Trek person. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then finally, Mayor Garcetti institutes hold your breath mandate in Los Angeles. As the Super Bowl approaches, Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti has instituted a citywide hold your breath order to keep people safe during the big game. As I said earlier this week, when reporters asked me why I wasn't wearing a mask at the NFC championship game, I was holding my breath. So it was OK, said the mayor to reporters. There is a zero percent chance of infection if you're holding your breath. That's just science. That's why today I'm issuing a hold your breath mandate. If everyone just holds their breath for 15 days, we'll get through this thing. We'll all we're all in this together. Now, three, two, one. Hold your breath. Babylon B. I feel the the curve flattening already (laughs) in a bit of a bit of satire. Well, this was rather interesting. Um, No, it wasn't the bat signal, but Missourians received an emergency alert on their phones on Tuesday that made reference to the superhero Batman after authorities say a test alert was inadvertently deployed statewide. The alert sent out around 4.52 p.m. read Gotham City Mo Purple Green 1978 Dodge 3800 GT Mo UKI DME. That happens to be the Joker's car. Yes, it does. Well, Gotham City is the fictional home of the caped crusader. The car described in the message, a purple and green Dodge 3700 GT, was driven by the the um, goons of Batman's um, 
arch enemy the Joker in 1989 in the superhero film. But the Missouri State Highway Patrol responded minutes after the alert was sent, saying that the Dark Knight wasn't needed, at least this time. So was it inadvertent or do you think they just did that for a joke? I probably was inadvertent, but uh, it's it's one of those things that, uh, you know, when you when you decide to make something a little lighthearted and fun, you got to know your potential audience. It's like we always talk about here in radio. Um, you know, if you wouldn't say you know, if you're not go- if you don't want it said on the radio, don't say it in a room with a microphone. <laughs> that reminds me of Hood World. And Hood we World. assumed and maybe they oh, assumed Hood World. everyone would recognize this as a joke. Uh, we assume that everyone would recognize Hood World that we did some decades back as a joke. And yet we knew that there were listeners who hopped in their car, drove down the gorge looking for Hood World. Despite the vague description of how to get there that made no sense. Yeah, yeah. it was extremely vague. We didn't say where it was, just it was that like it was drive out, out there. to the mountain and make a right. I think <laughs> That's is what exactly it was. what yeah. we said. <laughs> yeah. I still have that audio. Yeah, I, I was approached uh, that Sunday after the April Fool's uh, program, I was singing at a church uh, and an elderly gentleman dressed very nicely in a suit, looked very conservative. He came up and told me that he had actually um, had his granddaughter join him in the car and they hopped on the highway looking for Hood World. You know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, we've not been able to take the show out and about like we've previously had with you know, the pandemic and all. Uh, but as recently as maybe three, four years ago, i Somebody had recounted Hood World at one of our events to me. It's like I, I I listened once and they tried to send me to a I think it was a fake amusement park. Oh, you mean Hood World? <laughs> so it's amazing. It, it's it's still a classic all these years later. Yeah. Um, it, it, it you realize it's probably going to be a some part of your epitaph. Yeah, pro- probably. Yeah. Not anytime soon, though, right? Uh, no. Okay. Not if I have anything to say about it. Well, Mars Incorporated has, has announced that M&M's characters are going to be redesigned for a more progressive world. Now, my understanding is this is inanimate Wait candy. Minute, the, the M&M's? The M&M's are going They're to all be different colors. redesigned for a more progressive world. The company says that in the world we want to, tomorrow, society is inclusive. They're all different colors already. They're candy, for crying out that loud. That, too. Well, the candy manufacturer um, announced last Thursday that its iconic M&M's characters will be reimagined and redesigned in order to promote a more dynamic and progressive world. At Mars, we believe that in the world we want tomorrow, society is inclusive, the company said in a statement. And as one of our most iconic brands, M&M's is announcing a new global commitment to create a world where everyone feels they belong. We're still talking about candy, right? The statement continued, M&M's has been around for more than 80 years, and this year the brand continues to evolve to reflect the more dynamic, progressive world that we live in. And as part of this evolution built on purpose, M&M's promises to use the power of fun to include everyone with a goal of increasing the sense of belonging for 10 million people around the world by 2025. Who feels left out by (laughs) M&M's? They were talking about candy. Okay. Uh, The company added that the refreshed M&M's brand will include a more modern take on the looks of our beloved characters, as well as more nuanced personalities to underscore the importance of self-expression and the power of community through storytelling. In a 30-second spot involving cartoon candies. One of the changes being made, according to CBS News, involves the green M&M character swapping out her white-heeled go-go boots for cool, laid-back sneakers 
to reflect her effortless confidence. I know I've been offended for years that she's wearing boots, go-go boots, as opposed to sneakers. As a, I, I've been through therapy. I'll yeah. be honest. Additionally, the green and brown M&Ms will begin to foster a more friendly relationship to act as a force supporting women. Are, are, is there women candy? I, the red M&M will ditch his bullying tendencies and be kinder to other M&Ms. And the orange M&M embrace his true self, worries and all, in solidarity with the more anxious Gen Z generation. Are we really looking to candy to kind of guide us into the future? Mars will also begin to use imaginary um, different shapes and sizes rather than only body size and will no longer use prefixes for characters' names that assume gender. Okay, the candy has gender now? That's it. I'm giving up candy altogether. So basically what you're saying is now there's regular M&M's, there's peanut M&M's, and brand new virtue signaling M&M's. M&M's, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. For those who wondered, can my candy virtue signal? The answer is apparently <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, by the way, Minnie Mouse will wear Stella McCartney-designed pantsuit for Disney Paris for their 30th anniversary. Again, trading her iconic dress for a pantsuit. We're in the 21st century, and I'm not sure that's virtue signaling or just, I, I don't know. Fashion sense? Well, Minnie Mouse is getting a wardrobe change. Disneyland Paris announced that Minnie Mouse will wear her first pantsuit at the French theme park for her 30th anniversary in March. Stella McCartney designed the custom pantsuit in a statement in the Disney Paris press release. The British fashion designer said Minnie will wear the pantsuit in honor of Women's History Month in March. So somehow pants is reflective of womanhood. Yeah, I saw this earlier this week and as a kind of a, you know, I live in a quite the Disney family. Uh, my family is quite Disney oriented. Um, the uh, the dress is Stella McCartney, and of course you know who her dad is. Yeah. So I'm sure that's part of the you know the oh, you esteem of the whole situation. Well, she but says and, they oh. also at any given time, Minnie Mouse is wearing like eight different outfits in the parks, so it's not <laughs> a big deal to me. Well, Minnie has always had a special place in her heart, especially since they're paying her to design an outfit. I'm sure yeah. we share the same values. She and the cartoon character Minnie share the same values. What I love about Minnie is the fact that she embodies happiness, self-expression, authenticity, and that she inspires people of all ages around the world. Plus, she has such great style. Wow. And and after 90-something years, she still can't seal the deal with Mickey. (laughs) Just saying. Are we really that desperate that we're looking to candy and cartoon characters? I just, I don't even know where to go, what to do. Uh, I mean, uh, going to buy candy is definitely out. <laughs> Certainly not M&M's. No. I'm a little bit afraid of what I might end up. I'll grab a Kit Kat. I mean, jeez. At well, least it's. It's not, only a matter of yeah. time, as far as I can tell. <sighs> We've got news and traffic coming up to the uh, at the top of the hour. You might want to think about your future and candy. When we return, the Christian Outlook. So stay with us. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show. Going to get easier to diet now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like to download a podcast of the show or would like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com or on Facebook. Follow the show on Twitter at G Rice Show and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.